Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Glade Bilby, president of the French Quarter Citizens Group. Glade, welcome to the show. Thank you, Newell. Good afternoon. Glade, I was very surprised and excited to hear the other day that the Cantrell administration has decided to beat back this culture of noncompliance and begin to enforce a number of the ordinances relative to illegal vendors doing business in the French Quarter. I know I've known you for years. You live down there. You experience it every day. What are you seeing? Well, uh, not quite anecdotally, but some of the people who have businesses on Bourbon Street are saying it's it's making an effect. It's it's actually uh, there's less vending going on. Not a lot, but they notice it. So I, I think it's in a positive step. That's a good that's a good thing for sure. Yeah, I mean, you would agree, I think, that it got out of hand, right? I mean, it, it oh, just absolutely. got to the point. Yeah. Uh, where it was absolutely ridiculous. Actually, I'm going to be down there tonight. I'm really looking forward to, to, to going and spending time. You know how much I love the French Quarter. It's one of my favorite yep. places to visit. Um, and, and I hope I, I, I get to see the benefits of this enforcement action. Well, um, you can you can be the judge. I'm not sure that you will because there's somebody from out of town. And we, I was talking about it with somebody the other day. If you come in from out of town, you don't know that this is not the norm. You think, hey, there's people selling drinks and shots on the street and there's snakes around and people selling, uh, setting up shop right on the street. You don't know that that's not how it really is. So it's, it, it, you need to bring more of an awareness up, like you've said a lot. If I go down there tonight and I see, and I see the snake guy, that means they're not, they're not accomplishing what they set out to accomplish. Well, there may there may be another <laughs> yeah. snake guy, but they did take the snake. They took the snake on they, Saturday night, and they uh, did and through a, yeah through a roundabout uh, a few ways uh, a call from somebody to Ron Foreman. The zoo took the snake, and I think that makes a great allegiance and partnership because we do have a lot of animals that people are using uh, out here to, to to put the snake on you and take a picture, charge you forty dollars. So I think that but having the zoo as a partner that will take some of these things, because previous to this, if you had an animal, the officer didn't want to really deal with it. There wasn't a, a, a real way to, to take care of this. Well, that's really encouraging to hear. Uh, it's one yes. of the things that I've advocated for. That's the, the quickest way to resolve this issue is to take the stuff away. It's contraband. Right put it in the ordinances contraband and take it away. 
um, you know, if you're doing that. I was shocked by how many people are willing to pay $40 to, to take a snake that they don't know anything about. They don't know if this guy's trained. They don't know the history of this snake. They don't know whether this snake is healthy or otherwise and just have it, you know, wrap around their body for minutes on end in order to get a picture and pay $40. It's like, you got to be crazy. Well, and it also goes a little bit deeper than that. Here's people on the street cooking that have no health department yeah. inspection or stickers. And here's people selling selling shots. Shot girls on the street has been a major problem. Just come up and pour the shot in your mouth. And, I mean, some people just do it. I mean, it's amazing to me that you would let someone that you don't know on a street that you've never really been on pour a drink in your mouth. But that's that really is happening. The... Uh... I was down there not too terribly long ago, and a truck pulled up on the corner of Bourbon and Iberville, and they had a band in the back of the truck. Right. And they they just started playing, um, you know, and they completely disrupting the businesses that were directly adjacent to the band. Um, the band wasn't bad. I mean, the music was good, but, I mean, that that's not the appropriate forum for that to happen, right? No, and what what that does is people don't want to go into the establishments. They don't want to go in the bars. They don't want to go listen to the music inside of the legally permitted establishments because so, it's all out in the street. And I'm, we've been advocating for years, put the bars back into the bars rather than in, in the street constantly. It's going to help your business. And fortunately, at this point, this is, I think, one of the first times in my life in the quarter that we see the, the bars and the residents on the same page. Why? Because it's hurting their business, having all these people doing illegal vending on the street. So I know that, uh, you know, they have these THC-infused uh, beverages now. There's a quirk in the law. Actually, there's not even a limit, an age limit. You can... You could be 12, you could be 10, you could be 6 and drink this stuff. Uh, there's there's no, I hope they resolve it, but I understand that there are a lot of these folks selling that stuff down there in the quarter. There are. You're seeing a little less of them because that's a little different animal than uh, uh, just an alcoholic beverage. I mean, you get into a drug. Uh, per se, but you do have people uh, uh, selling drugs on the street. But just remember, none of these are licensed. None of these are permitted. So, of course, you're not going to ask for somebody's ID if you're selling them something illegally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't anticipate that they're going to follow one or two of the rules right. <laughs> as, right. as opposed it to all of them, right? <laughs> ain't going to happen, no. You know, a lot of people were afraid that it was going to change kind of the flavor and the feel and the, and the culture. And I love the way that we have completely bastardized this term culture as to what it means. And I often ask folks, is there a committee that you present before that says, you know, this is so prevalent now that it's part of our culture? It seems to be a moving target. You know, you've lived down there for a long time. Are you kind of on the same page with me about this bastardization of what our culture actually is? Yeah, culture is a moving target, and it depends upon who's making money from it. Uh, I, I think that if you if you look if you look at it, the culture You're such was a cynic, <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
I'm right. Uh, it, 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 it used to be that there were bars open all night. Great. But not vending yeah. in the street all the time. So the culture has has changed uh, in not a good way. I mean, uh, I, I'm down in the back end of the quarter, the more residential area. We never had people setting up grills on the neutral ground and selling goods outside of legally permitted, inspected, tax-paying businesses. And I, I think that's where we are. I mean, when when you ignore the problems and the reality of it, do less policing. Uh, you accelerate the harm to the residents and the visitors. Where are we, uh, and I don't know if you noticed or you were paying attention to the bucket beaters. Um, uh, I don't know, know often, about that one. Yeah, I don't you know. I really oftentimes I talk about the bucket beaters sitting outside of Galatoire's, one of the most iconic restaurants in the country, if not the world. I mean, it's one of the major draws from a culinary perspective to this city. Uh, and every time we go there, they got bucket beaters right in front of the, the restaurant. I was like, you know, if you think about the city as as a, a public organization and or a private organization, and you go into the boardroom and you, you're thinking about how you're going to market this mo, mo, the most iconic restaurant that happens to be in a place uh, that you may own. I doubt very seriously they'd come out of that board meeting suggesting that they'd have bucket beaters sitting in front of that establishment. Um, but for whatever no, reason, we think that's a great idea here in the city. Well, some people think it's a great idea, but, I mean, you're looking at young kids out here at, at 8, 10, midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning. So uh, curfew law, anybody? School, anybody? I mean, you know, you, you could think about things like that. I've talked to the management of Galatoire's, and – the fact is locals don't come down as much at night because of all the problems we have down in the quarter. And, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of people underestimate the importance of that spend, right? It's nice to have a new wallet come into town every day and walk past these businesses, but those new wallets don't add up to enough money. It still requires local participation in, in order to lead, to the success that we want these establishments, business establishments to have. It's true, and you need to rely when there's a storm, there's COVID, there's problems somewhere, or there's a Super Bowl game on a, not not this weekend because of Bacchus, but where it draws all of your customers, you need to rely on the locals to support your business through the year. Yeah. And um, I, I got a text here that says the snake guy actually wasn't, it may not even be from here. He was in South Beach doing the same thing. They said back in 2019. <laughs> well, the guy, the guy, I, I, I actually knew it's funny. We've been paying attention to municipal court and I just left there because we want to be, be, be sure that the fines get levied for a lot of this illegal vending. And I don't know if you have time to go into it, but yeah. uh, the, the judge just increased the stay-away order for the snake person to include uh, the Superdome, the river to Claiborne, all the way back. So it, it's not just a stay-away order, a peace bond, if you will, for the French Quarter, but it's for the entire area where he might be plying his trade. But he doesn't have a snake at the moment, so that should change that. But the guy's 44 years old, and uh, he's been doing this for a while. I don't know if it's the same person. There are a few snakes out there, but I don't know if it's the same snake guy on a hoverboard that people have seen all over 
Yeah, I was uh, when I saw this transaction, I, I was just completely mystified by the willingness of people to just fork over forty dollars to take a picture with the snake. <laughs> I know. Like, and and, yeah. and we're we're working with Freddie King's office, Councilman King's office, to do some enforcement. I mean, when you just don't do anything, it it only gets worse. And uh, I think that I think that keeping up with this. I mean, for instance, there have been since they've made this effort to do uh, and and give summons for illegal vending. There's been about 120. 65 were no shows. They were no shows. So that puts an attachment out for them. Uh, and, and today I was at the court this morning, just in the past hour, 11 illegal vending uh, summons were giving out. None of, no people showed. None of the people showed for their, their court arraignment, at least. So they're obviously not. So, so what that indicates to me, they're not taking this serious, right? So Well, correct. Correct. So it requires the court to up the consequence. Quite frankly, right. and, as, and you and I have talked about this before. That's a three-legged stool. There's the residents and the and the and the visitors, and then there's the police department. We're on one side, and the judicial on the other side. We all need to support this effort to make it get any better. And last week, here's a person that came up. He had a stay-away order. Boy, wait, he had a second stay-away order, and they were giving him a third stay-away order. And it's like. We need a law that's three stayaways and you really stay away or you're out or whatever. So, I mean, it, it is problematic, but you have to keep you have to keep after it. Otherwise, it only gets worse. Well, I'm glad you guys are going down to court and watching this, because without that, I can promise you that practice will continue. Uh, why they think a third you know, uh, stay away order is going to work any better than the second or more than the first is beyond me. Um, if they're not getting the message, there has to be an additional sanction. This is part of the problem that I've talked about with judicial discretion. You have, you know, judges that are, that we elect that are philosophically opposed to holding people accountable for whatever reason. It's beyond me. I mean, they seem to forget what their role is. Um, and you know, you, 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 you have rules, you have laws, laws are based on customs, right? And you, you got people that just want to be violative of all of this, but nobody wants to put the sanction on them. Well, it, 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 you, you need to keep the pressure on this thing. And then pretty soon people will be compliant. I mean, it's like, it's the same as parking on the neutral ground. You give people a couple of tickets they're not going to do it. I mean, when you have lack of enforcement on almost everything, and uh, from uh, speeding to parking to zoning to this, uh, you just get used to not doing it. There was one person that was arrested. Uh, he'd been he'd been he had set up a bar, and was doing this. He said, "I've been doing this for three years." And the guy goes, "Well, it caught up with you finally." But three years of doing this, not paying taxes not getting permitted. I mean, that's where the problem is. We don't have the manpower or and the will to enforce some of these things that we should be doing on a regular basis. Even if it is sporadic, it should be on a regular basis. When you think about the amount of money that we need to improve the sewage and water board, to Mm. to deal with all of those issues and you have these people that are not paying sales taxes, they're, they're not collecting the tax, they're not submitting it, they're not paying for all of the regulatory 
uh, costs that we have in this city, and they conduct business. And you know, the, and and they they find it offensive that you're actually going to enforce the rules against them. You know, I mean, for someone to say, "Well, I've been doing this for three years," you know, right? You know, I I have an investment in this corner. Really, what is it? <laughs> Please explain right, right. explain it, the investment to me. I want to I want right. to hear. Uh, you know, it's and, not the you know, investment this, of a building. It's not the investment of property tax, our health department, or any of the permitting that you go through. And you know, we're I, I, one of the the things that we're trying to do is make it safe for visitors and residents. Not necessarily on a criminal activity, but this the the health department issue of eating food on the street that you don't know where it came from, drinking stuff on the street, you don't know where it came from. That 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 can't be good. It, it can't be good. And you have no no recourse if something happens on the other side of it. Yeah, it's a. Uh, hopefully they keep it going. Um, uh, I applaud the efforts of of Freddie King. Um, I think he's been uh, pretty straightforward and honest about about this endeavor, and hopefully it it continues on because it, it can't be a once a month, one and done kind of thing. You got to be out there putting the pressure, creating the, the safe harbor for all of the legal businesses and entertainment and folks that have a permit to perform on the street, right, uh, as opposed to those who don't. Glade right. Bilby, thank you so much for what you do. I know that you, you volunteer a lot of hours on behalf of uh, the community and, and the folks in the city of New Orleans, and I, for one, thank you for your your effort, your group's effort. I know it's a it's a it's a group effort, and um, and it's bigger than you, and we appreciate it. Ah, yes, thank you for the opportunity to to get the message out, Newell. Appreciate what you're doing as well. Have a great Mardi Gras. I hope to see you down there, my friend. That's Glade Glade Bilby, president of the French Quarter Citizens. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. We've got Mark Krikorian, Executive Director for the Center for Immigration Studies. He's at the border. Mark, uh, what is actually going on there? Give us an update. Well, I'm at um, 
Eagle Pass and Piedras Negras. This is the place where, I'm sorry, I'm out on the street right out in Mexico, right? We just got out of a migrant shelter interviewing a nun and some people there. So there's noise on the road. But um, the there's actually a lot less happening than there was like a month ago. And the reason is that uh, the Mexican army is now cracking down on crossings here, especially, you know, into Texas. And uh, this is, they're doing this at the behest of the Biden administration for political reasons, because they want to make sure that Biden gets reelected. And so they really, I mean, the, the flow here in Eagle Pass, this is the place where, there was, uh, you know, this issue of the Border Patrol cutting the razor wire. That was such a high-profile issue. This, that's, it was right here. I was at the park yesterday where that was an issue. And, uh, but the fact is that the Mexican Army uh, has completely cracked down. They rounded up everybody that was here. They put them on planes and sent them back to southern Mexico. Um, and their, um, the flow is, you know, uh, extremely low. In fact, um, one of our uh, translator here said the hardest thing to find now is a migrant in uh, in Piedras Negras, which is the Mexican city across from Eagle Pass. The thing is that uh, for, there's two points. First is the president has been saying that there's nothing he can do about this, uh, that it's all just happening to him, and the Senate had to pass that awful bill that came in the news a couple of days ago because he was helpless to deal with immigration without it. Well, at least here, the numbers have gone down because they uh, twisted Mexico's arm. They did the same thing Trump did by threatening them, and the Mexicans are reacting. Now, that's not going to be enough, and they're not going to keep it up till Election Day, which is what the White House hopes they'll do, but it clearly is possible to reduce the flow of illegals with government policy, uh, with the tools he has now. He doesn't need new tools. He needs to show he's willing to crack down. And, you know, they've done a little bit, and they need to keep this up, keep the pressure up on Mexico. But also, they need to change their policies inside the country. In other words, our immigration policies, if this is going to stick, if this reduction is going to stick. In fact, I just spoke with a bunch of migrants in the shelter that I'm outside now. And I said to them, I said, why didn't you guys apply for asylum in Mexico? Because Mexico has an asylum system. They have an agency. Uh, they have, uh, in fact, the third highest number of asylum applications in the world after the U.S. and Germany. And I said, why didn't you guys do that? The answer out of all of their mouths was dolares, dollars. In other words, they're economic migrants using gaming our asylum system in order to get better jobs. And so uh, what that points to is the president needs to change the way we deal with asylum, and he can do some of that on his own. He doesn't need Congress to do it, and um, yet he's resisting changing his policies and hoping that Mexico will do his job for him. And, you know, that that can help a little, but it's not going to solve the problem here it's amazing how all of our alleged allies are able to enforce this asylum. Uh, it, it, it's almost as if we, we talk about this in this country as though we're the only ones that have an asylum law, right? And most of our allies have much more restrictive 
asylum uh, conditions to be met before they let people into their country? Generally speaking, yes. But the thing is that Europe has a similar problem because even though the standards may be higher to get asylum, uh, when they turn people down, they don't track them down and throw them out of the country. So it's a similar thing to here is that right. in Europe is that if you go and say the words asylum, even if you get turned down, it doesn't matter. They're not going to look for you. Uh, so this is a I mean, this is clearly a real problem that we're all going to have to deal with, not just the United States, but all developed countries, Australia, the U.S., Britain, England, Israel. Everybody's got the same problem. Unfortunately, our president is dealing with it probably worse than anyone else in the world. I can't believe that this is going to sustain itself, and I can't believe that the cartels are satisfied with this approach for the next, you know, six, seven months, eight months uh, of doing this. There's too much opportunity loss and too much money to be had. Um, there have been, um, an, you know, folks talking about that AMLO, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, is actually in the back pocket of the cartels. Right. Is, is this just going to move somewhere else along the border? You know, there's a lot of media there. Eagle Pass is relatively easy to get to, right? Um, yeah, it's and, closer and, to Central America, right? Right. You know, and so, it's just, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, one it's going to be highlighted by the media. But I got to imagine this is moving some, to another spot along the border. Oh, it's already doing that um, because the numbers yeah. uh, in. San Diego and California and the numbers in Arizona have spiked significantly. So, yes, it's it's more expensive to get there because it's farther. And you're not going to travel an extra thousand miles if you don't have to. But if you do have to, you will. And so um, that's why the numbers have spiked there. And I just don't see how the Mexicans could keep it up because, look, it's good to have Mexico's cooperation. And we may need to twist their arms. That's what President Trump did. And he succeeded. But. Under Trump, our policy and the policy we asked Mexico to pursue were rowing in the same direction, if you will. In other words, both of us were trying to reduce the flow. What's different now is that Biden is trying to pressure Mexico to do his job for him so that he can keep bad policies in place and keep his left-wing base happy, but make sure that Mexico never lets any illegal aliens to get that far that he has to let them in. That's kind of their strategy. And it's not sustainable, as you said. And frankly, it's just, I don't, it's just not right. Why would, you know, defending our border is our job mainly. Mexico can help us and we should insist they help us, but we need to help ourselves first. And that's what this administration refuses to do. Mark, uh, if you would explain for my listening audience, a lot of folks, both Republicans and Democrats, are making a big deal out of the Border Patrol Agents Association actually supporting this, what I think is a fairly crappy piece of legislation that's been put forward as immigration reform, because I think it's anything but that, um, as to why they would do that and, and, and what their what their thinking was. Right. I haven't spoken to uh, the head of the union about this specifically, but I have two thoughts on it. One is it could well be a question of like pay, pay and benefits for Border Patrol agents, because, look, in the, at the end of the day, they're a labor union and they want to, you know, sort of uh, maximize the pay and benefits of their employees. I mean, their members rather. So I think that's 
one thing. In other words, that there's specific pay and benefit issues that they see are as attractive. The other thing, though, and this is a little more sort of four-dimensional chess, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think they realize perfectly well this bill isn't going anywhere. It's, you know, dead on arrival. It's almost certainly not even going to pass the Senate. It may not even come up for a vote in the Senate, quite honestly. I don't know, and it might, but it might not. But my point is, if they know that it's dead, this by, by supporting it, it's a way for them to show, the union to show, that they're not uh, in, uh, you know, in cahoots with any particular political party. They're not Trump's cat's paw, you know, uh, that he doesn't tell them what to do. And so it gives them a certain uh, sort of appearance of independence when, in fact, it, that won't cost them anything because the bill isn't going to pass anyway. You see what I mean? Right. No, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I've seen that in our own state legislature quite a bit, quite frankly. And there's also this notion of a little something is better than nothing, right? Sure. And, I mean, look, that's true. And there are people, uh, there are, there's at least one uh, sort of writer on this I respect who said, look, this isn't great, but it's the best you're going to get, so take it because you're not going to get anything better than this. And that is a legitimate consideration when you're negotiating with somebody. No question about it. I just don't think that's the case here because there are so many provisions here that would actually make things dramatically worse and would codify into law some of the illegal things that the uh, Biden administration is doing, that it's just not the small gains from this bill. And there are a few things that are better, but they're totally overwhelmed by the terrible parts of the bill. You would have to agree that something better than nothing is not a good public policy strategy, right? No, no. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And now, again, some situations that might be true, but it's certainly it's not even close to being true in this instance, because what the Democrats want to do is lock in to law the things, the various illegal policies that the Biden administration is pursuing, making it extremely difficult, if not impossible, for an administration in the future to get Congress to undo those changes. So, no, no, this is a You know, there are a lot of lefty groups that are opposing this as well, but either they're do either those that opposition is fake just to make it seem like they're against it, or they're just not thinking long term. So, no, this is clearly a net plus for the anti border side. Um, And honestly, Senator Lankford, who was the from Oklahoma, who's the one who negotiated this, um, I think he got duped because neither he nor his staff know much about it. So they, uh, you know, they were, the uh, Democrats showed them this uh, attractive language about shutting down the border under certain circumstances, et cetera, and they fell for it. And it's it's a a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And the good thing is that Twitter existed, I got to say, because that meant thousands of people were able to read the bill right at once, hundreds of pages long. And some of those people on Twitter don't know anything about what they're talking about, but a lot of them do know what they're talking about. And they're able to identify things, uh, problems with the bill that you wouldn't know if you didn't know what you were looking for. For instance, the bill uh, makes it essentially automatic for Cuban and Haitian migrants to get welfare. Pardon the noise. There's a big truck passing by here. Sorry. 
Um, I know this isn't great radio, but there's nothing I can do. No, um, not a problem. There's a, pro- there's a provision in the law that essentially makes it automatic for Haitian and illegal Im- uh, Haitian and Cuban illegal immigrants to get welfare. But it doesn't say that. It says things like, you know, the uh, in Section 2AC3, the word and should be changed to or, or something like that. Well, you have to know what that means. And right. Senator Langford and his staff had no idea, and they were taken to the cleaners. And I get maybe Nancy Pelosi was whispering in his ear, we'll read the bill after we pass it. Exactly. That's what it was. It's like we'll find out. We have to pass the bill to find out what's in it. You know, it's exactly to find out what's in it. Exactly. And and assess what actually it means operationally to us, which is the big problem with the bill. You know, um, and we got got to get to a break. And I know you got to go. I was listening to Kristen Sinema the other day talk about the highlights of this bill and the strength of the bill. And she said, number one, we're increasing detention from thirty six thousand to fifty thousand. I'm like, are you kidding me? An, uh, an yep. uptick of 14,000 detention beds. What's that, three, four days of illegal right, crossings? Something like that. Yep, exactly. And that's, yep. and that's the highlight of the bill? That's that's the most important aspect of the bill? I said, this is a joke. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and notice the president is supporting the bill, but why did his administration ask for consistently less and less detention space? Detention it's beds. Like, exactly. Right, yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> Unbelievable. Mark, yep. I know you got to go. Thank you so much. Stay safe, my friend. Mark Krikorian, Executive Director of the Center for Immigration Studies. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Just as a reminder, the Biden administration has taken 535 immigration policy actions as of January of 2024 since he took office. And as Matthew Continetti points out, a writer for the American Enterprise Institute, that uh, President Biden is insisting that he can loosen immigration enforcement through executive orders, but he can only tighten immigration enforcement through legislation. It's odd, he says, that Biden didn't say he required congressional approval when on his first day in office, he reversed his predecessor's order to exclude illegal immigrants from the Census Bureau's Calculations for Congressional Reapportionment. Yeah, you heard him right. Wanted to count illegals for the purposes of the census. You think that forecasts where you're going to be on this issue of deportation? Insulated dreamers from legal challenges. Ended restrictions on entry into the United States for citizens of nations deemed a national security risk. 
The president paused deportations, didn't ask for congressional approval, stopped construction of the border wall, that even though Congress had passed a bill to build a wall, and extended the ability of Liberian immigrants to remain in the United States. Nor did he say that he required congressional approval when he ended his predecessor's remain in Mexico policy, when he first tried to halt Title 42 authority to remove illegal immigrants deemed a public health risk, and then he expanded the presidential parole to admit more than one million immigrants to the United States. Of course, he didn't need congressional approval for any of that. And now that they're recognizing that there's a crisis, all of a sudden he can't do it without presidential approval. We'll be right back. Scoot's up next. Stay with us. Scoot's up next. What do we have coming up, Scoot? All right. President Trump says it's time to give Bud Light a second chance. Is everybody ready to do that? We'll talk about that. And also, uh, older workers say they're discriminated against. But I thought younger workers had a bad work ethic. We'll talk about it. Scoot's up next. Stay tuned, folks. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Have a great and safe Wednesday evening. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 